Welcome to the Pretty Healthy Family Podcast. We're passionate about helping you restore your metabolism for confidence, energy, and fat loss without giving up the foods you love. We're your hosts, Josh and Brittany. Listen for simple, easy-to-follow tips and strategies that you can start implementing today to get long-term results. We're so glad you're here. Let's go ahead and jump into the episode. No one cares. No one cares. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Welcome back to the Pretty Healthy Family Podcast. Welcome back. All right. Round two of overrated and underrated. I like these ones. We need to do these more often. Yes. And we're always looking for ideas for overrated, underrated. So if you have any ideas, please shoot us a a message Mm -hmm. um, either on social media or through a link. Yeah, through the link in the show notes. All right. Let's get started. All right. Overrated or underrated? Let's start with number one, tracking calories and macros. I feel like this is underrated. Definitely underrated. Why do you feel like that? Because it's so educational. Yeah. You can learn so much about the food you're eating. I mean, like I think every single woman who has ever come to me to work with has been drastically under eating protein, if not their entire calories entirely. Yeah. Yeah. And they would not know that had they not ever tracked it. Yeah. The (laughs) key to health is awareness and Mm -hmm. just being aware of how you move throughout the day, um, what you're eating all day and like what your environment looks like and tracking your calories and macros like to the T is so helpful in Mm -hmm. just creating that level of awareness. Um, because, we have very stressful jobs. We have very stressful lives and seeing how that stress relates to, Oh, I ate this and I ate that. That's a level of awareness. That's going to help you get those health goals that you want to reach. Mm -hmm. And it's temporary. (laughs) It's very much temporary. And I know me personally, I try to track every morsel of food that I have about every three to four months and I'll do it Mm -hmm. for an entire week. But it's really just to, again, get that level of awareness of what am, how are my trends working? Is this going to help me get to those long-term goals? And for someone who's just starting, they really only need to track for maybe four to six months to really grasp and get a good idea of what it is they're eating and to create that awareness to be able to move towards intuitive eating. Because that is the ultimate goal. It's intuitive eating. But overall tracking calories and macros is such an important underrated tool to reach that point. Yeah. And it's, there's my fitness pal is something that we've used. There are many other tools to be able to do this and, or, and tools, I mean, apps to be Mm -hmm. able to do this. So you can always do it on the go. And it's just, I, yeah, I can't stress this enough how helpful it is um, in saying that, if you're concerned that tracking is going to increase your stress levels, there are other ways to really be successful with mm-hmm. this. But they still, they don't necessarily need to be counting calories, but there is some sort of tracking involved to create an awareness mm-hmm. around. Yeah. Next one, protein. Overrated or underrated? Oh, it's underrated. Yeah. I'm still surprised how many <laughs> people aren't hitting 
even the minimum RDA recommendation, mm-hmm. which is like half a gram of protein per pound of body weight. And that's just for your organs to function, for your body to function. Yeah. It's, that's not even talking about muscle growth or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. You're not going to see too much muscle growth yeah. at that rate. Um, it's actually, that's the sign of a deficiency if you're under that half a gram, half a gram per pound of body weight. Mm-hmm. And in the nutrition circles, they do push protein so much. And I don't, as much as there is a way or a, an ideal or optimal range, which is usually in that 0.7 grams per pound of body weight to about 1.2, mm-hmm. anywhere in there is fine. Um, even if you're going above 1.2, there's very little downside. Yeah, exactly. So it's, yeah, I, I just feel it's underrated. Definitely um, underrated. Greens powders. Uh, overrated. Just get it in your diet. Yeah. Yeah. It's greens powders for me definitely falls into, it is a supplement to add on to the vegetables that you're already getting. Mm -hmm. If you're not getting any vegetables in the first place, that should be the focus. Your first step shouldn't be greens powders. It should be, how do I figure out how to get non-starchy vegetables into my diet? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Next up is creatine. Overrated or underrated? I feel like it's underrated for society. Mm-hmm. And and I say that because I feel like, again, in the nutrition circles, we hear about creatine a lot. It's a very well-studied uh, supplement, but it does help with um, muscle growth and getting nutrients into the muscles. And five... Like grams a day is really all you need. Yeah. And it's very inexpensive. Very inexpensive. And yeah. it's just an easy, quick win. I agree. This one is underrated. And I used to think that creatine was like a steroid that was something that bodybuilders took. It, it is not. <laughs> yeah. I definitely got the look when I brought home my first like tub of creatine. It, in fact, it has been studied so extensively, more so than I think any other supplement on the market. So yeah. It is definitely something worth adding into your routine that can really help with muscle growth and cognitive ability and all sorts of different things. Yeah. All right. Fish oil, overrated, underrated. I'm going to say overrated because most people's version of fish oil is just like the omega-3, like little capsules and stuff. Mm -hmm. When in reality, pretty much anything that you can buy on a store shelf is going to be rancid. (laughs) But there is a certain type of uh, fish oil, cod liver oil, if you can get a really good high quality one, those are underrated because those are, um, they're, they're sourced from really good sources. They're not rancid when you get them and they can really help you get the omega threes. If you don't already get it from your diet, I'm going to go with fish oil in the overall umbrella of fish oil supplements to be overrated. Mm-hmm. And I think the craze of omega-3 fats versus omega-6 fats, and that's really where the really the, the concern was around. There was such an imbalance, like a six to one or even worse imbalance between omega-3 fats and omega-6 fats that fish oil helped supplement that imbalance. Well, based off of what I'm seeing, and, and this is my personal opinion, is why don't we just bring down the omega six fats by Mm -hmm. eating a whole food like base diet that's going to 
where we see the imbalance is because we're eating a lot of crappy food um, and that's going to help the imbalance. And I feel like fish should be a weekly staple in everyone's house. So that will create the right balance of omega-3 to omega-6s. Absolutely. And just to give you an idea of what our like omega-6s, that's in a lot of processed foods and it's things like vegetable oil, canola oil that are a lot of man-made foods. And when you eat a processed food diet and you eat uh, just mainly only a processed food diet, then your level of omega-6s goes so much higher than your omega-3s. And that's why so many people need a supplement to bring their omega-3s up. So what Josh is saying is eat less processed foods and you bring that omega-6s down and then add some fish in here and there, and then you're on an even. Yeah. And there's no supplementation. It's not necessary. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, we don't eat quite enough fish. So I do take a a high quality cod liver oil supplement to make up for it, but I'm going to, I'm going to start trying to put it back into the rotation now that we're talking about it. (laughs) So the next one is finding a routine. And really what I wanted to talk about is eating the same thing every day. Overrated or underrated? That's a tough one. I, I'm going to say underrated and it's overrated in the sense that, yeah, you're missing out on some nutrients if you're eating the same foods all the time. But I think it's underrated because then you really, you can really dial in your nutrition habits and really make them stick mm-hmm. and then slowly incorporate new things. And it can really help with tracking. So if you are tracking, you trying to hit certain goals and then you can not track as much via my fitness pal or journaling or however it is that you choose to track. So I'm going to go with underrated. Yeah, I am. A, I'm going to agree in underrated and Having a base plan for your nutrition, I think, is just so helpful. Like, I eat the same breakfast largely every day, and I feel like most people eat the same breakfast largely every day, and no one bats an eye. But (laughs) if we start eating the same lunch or dinner, we seem crazy. And I like to just eat similar things for my after workout nutrition, for my breakfast, for my lunch, and maybe change up some of the veggies and and meats, but the base concepts exactly the same. Mm -hmm. And that's five, six days a week. And that has allowed me to understand how my nutrition helps fuel me in terms of my performance. Mm -hmm. It helps me understand what calories work for me. Because if I'm changing every meal, every single day, That's just so many more variables that I'm trying to juggle when I'm trying to wrap my head around my overall nutrition. And it doesn't give you an idea of like your digestion and things like that. You have no idea what's affecting you, how, how, what is, how these things are affecting you. Yeah. And I think that's important to note for those who want to do some type of elimination diet. You really have to keep everything the same and only have one variable to know if I may be allergic to eggs and eggs could be the problem or dairy Mm -hmm. could be the problem. But if you're constantly switching things up, it's really hard to figure out if a certain food is the problem because there are so many other variables. So trying to find a relative um, plan that works for you, I think is very helpful and it's it's underrated. Mm -hmm. I agree. All right. Cheat meals. Definitely overrated. I I agree. And overrated because the cheat meal should already be included into your weekly diet. Yeah. So like for us, Mm -hmm. we love pizza on Saturdays. And week after week, we know if I have too much pizza, which is 
buying too big, large. And that's usually only happens when, like, <laughs> when I've had insist. when I've had too many beers, and all of a sudden I'm like, let's get a lot of food. Um, but that then is reflected in the scale. So having some cheat meals incorporated into my week already, mm-hmm. or not into even your diet, not, yeah. And, yeah. And I won't say cheat meals; it's foods I yeah. love already incorporated into my diet, already incorporated into my overall macro plan, I never feel like I'm missing out. Mm-hmm. And I and think like, that's the key. We went for ice cream. Was it last week? And that's yeah. the first time we've done that in three months because you said, hey, I feel like ice cream. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? I do too. Let's go get ice cream in the middle of a week or random Tuesday. But it, it wasn't a cheat meal. It's just, that's just part of our life. And I think when you make it a cheat meal, a cheat meal often ends up being a binge session and then it ends up turning into a binge day and a binge week. And then a lot of people end up just saying, oh, shoot, well, now I have to start over. So I might as well just eat whatever I want. (laughs) Yeah. And in incorporating those foods that you love really pushes off that binge cycle. And I do want to, I like the idea of a cheat meal because you can't choose the foods you love for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and a snack. <laughs> you have to just choose, put them intermittently through the week, but it should be a part of what you're seeing as your overall nutrition plan. Mm-hmm. But you can have things that you love every day. So if you do love, I love chocolate. So I keep a bar of dark chocolate in our pantry and I have a little bit of it every day. Sometimes it takes me three days to eat the whole bar. Sometimes it takes me three weeks to eat the whole bar. But the more you allow yourself those foods you're not allowed to have a little bit here and there, you're less likely to end up binging on it in the end. Yeah, I agree. All right, a juice cleanse or a detox, any type of detoxing system, juice, tea. Oh, so overrated. Yeah. <laughs> it's I, just, they're quick fixes. Yeah. And they are probably going to cause you to lose water weight. So people feel really good doing them because the number drops on the scale. Their belly feels a little flatter in the morning. I've been there, done that. <laughs> But it's so overrated because it's just a quick fix. And in the end, it's not helping you achieve your end goals. And it could, again, lead to another binge session. Yeah, we speak a lot here about the importance of protein and the importance of getting certain nutrients in your diet. And on these juice cleanses, unless Mm -hmm. it's just straight bone broth, you're almost likely not going to hit your protein goals on a juice cleanse. And with that being the most important macronutrient for overall long-term health, you're essentially saying, I'm going to ignore science and just do this juice cleanse to hopefully clean out my system. And if we could clean out our system in two to three days, we would have been doing that a long time ago. And it just doesn't work. So your detox should essentially be part of your daily life. It should be hitting your calorie and getting your protein in and just getting the nutrients in overall, because that's what supports your body the most. A detox actually takes a lot of those vitamins and minerals and macronutrients away. Yeah. That's not what we do. Yeah. And so the detox essentially should be you slowly removing the foods that would be toxic to your body. Mm-hmm. But again, that could take six months because it is a slow progression into that ideal nutrition plan for you. Yep. All right. Meal timing. Like I have to eat a certain meal at a certain time um, or even fasting, like any type of meal timing scenario. I mean, it depends on the way you look at it. 
the way you just said it, I'm going to say overrated because as you know, I am not a fan of fasting, especially for women. It just messes with our hormones and it is just, it is not healthy for most women to fast. Um, but I do think that it's underrated in terms of hormones because the more frequently women can eat, the happier our hormones can be and the lower our stress levels can be and the easier it can be to achieve achieve your fitness and health goals and your weight loss goals. So by having that breakfast first thing in the morning, a satiating breakfast, by working with a circadian rhythm, that's when uh, you're working with the cycle of the sun. So when the sun is in the highest in the sky, your metabolic power is the highest. So like, it's really helpful to have a good satiating lunch and then a smaller meal at dinner as the sun starts to go down. And I think that that can actually be very beneficial and uh, healthy for people to strive for. However, it's overrated in terms of fasting because I love your perspective on that. And I, I was very much a overrated, but I'm going to change my, my (laughs) tune based off of what you said. Cause I agree with you 110%. Um, for men, fasting is like a intermittent fast, like a 16, eight. It's fine. If you're using it as a calorie control method, if you need to reduce the amount of calories you have, that is a method that has been shown to work. But that's it? (laughs) I personally don't feel like it's effective. Why not just have better meals that are satiating throughout the day? That's going to give you more energy throughout the day. Less likely to binge at night. Less less likely to binge at night, those type of things. So that's where I feel like it's slightly overrated. Mm -hmm. Um, And also in terms of like meal timing, I need to make sure I have certain meals like around my workout. As long Mm -hmm. as you're feeling really good in your workout, that's probably the meal timing that works best for you. That's essentially it. Yeah. but in terms of trying to have my biggest meal at lunch, I love that idea mm-hmm. because it, it allows me, I'm going to still move for the rest of the day and I don't have to feel, if I'm having my biggest meal at breakfast, I'm just feeling so full in those early hours where I want to feel light and I want to feel on my toes and things like that. So um, yeah, I really like your perspective on it. So I'm just going to steal yours and that's mine now. <laughs> um, all right. So cutting out alcohol. What's your thoughts on cutting out alcohol? I actually think that this is over or underrated. I also agree. (laughs) Cutting out alcohol is underrated. It's just alcohol offers absolutely zero health benefits whatsoever. In fact, it can negatively impact your health because it negatively impacts your sleep and it negatively impacts how you feel. And if you're not sleeping well, then your body's going to send out the hunger hormone ghrelin, hunger hormone hormone ghrelin, which is going to cause you to be more hungry and make more bad decisions. And then if you are drinking a lot of alcohol in a sitting, it's going to lower your inhibitions and you're more likely to eat foods that you wouldn't otherwise eat or overeat. And also you're just drinking empty calories. So you're so much more likely to go over your calorie targets. So I think it's actually really beneficial to remove alcohol or at least severely limit the amount that you're having and at least see how it feels, see how your body responds. And there's a place for alcohol. Like we, we love wine. We have beer on the weekends occasionally, but we've drastically 
reduced the amount that we eat because we realized how much it was neg- negatively impacting our health goals and just our lives. Yeah. And in many ways, and I a hundred percent agree, I feel like it's underrated as a very strong lever to pull to create the awareness that we're really wanting to achieve. And like I've talked earlier about, I may have a couple beers and all of a sudden now I want two large pizzas as opposed to a large <laughs> pizza. And that's essentially what occurs is mm-hmm. I'm having a couple drinks and those couple drinks start altering my decision making. My decision making, then I'm adding more food, I'm getting over my calories. And that's where the big concerns for us as coaches is the decisions that you're making after you start having those drinks. And again, I feel like it's a mask for the person or place we really want to go. Um, and can I talked to you yesterday about like, I kind of feel like a drink, but to lower my stress and a more aware person would say, well, if the problem stress, let's address why you have that stress. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem we need to solve for instead of trying to mask over it and not really resolving that issue with an alcoholic drink. And again, put this in perspective, we do like to have wine every once in a while. We do like to have a, a drink every every few weeks or every every week, if that, but it's something we're we're definitely questioning where where does it fit and why mm-hmm. is it there? Yeah, we've actually dabbled in cutting it out. Yeah. All right. Next one. Throwing out unhealthy snacks. I'm gonna let you start this one. I feel like it's underrated and and having a clean kitchen and a clean pantry is really, really helpful to, again, reduce the options in the house for potential overeating. Mm -hmm. It's just as simple as that. Yeah. Overall, I think that's I think that's great. And I I know we have a lot of families who listen to the podcast and they're going to say, well, it's not for me. It's for my husband or it's not for me. It's for the kids. And I I get that. And if you're on a diet, doesn't mean that your partner or kids need to be on that diet. But there are alternatives to quenching that that thirst that you have for maybe something crunchy, something salty. There are other options which may be a win-win situation for everyone in the family. I'm actually going to go with overrated for this one. I think that throwing away unhealthy snacks isn't necessary for every household because like you said, sometimes it's just not possible. Like if I have a client I just started now and she, her, she's got her kids and her husband, they're not on board with her plan. She's going to have these snacks in her house and she can't just throw them out. It's not an option for her. But I think that it's important to be able to keep them in your house and to not eat them. Real quick, if you haven't already downloaded our Macros and Metabolism Makeover Guide, you're going to want to do that as soon as possible. It's a great resource to learn how to safely and sustainably lose fat and manage your weight on your own without any crazy detoxes or calorie restrictions. Visit our website at prettyhealthyfamily.com or check out the show notes to download it. Okay, back to the episode. Agree that it's going to be difficult with certain families. That it's going to be difficult to um, balance the individuals who still want the potato chips and you're trying to resist the potato chips. Um, That is going to create a certain amount of stress. And maybe there is a win-win situation. Um, 
but it, you feel like it's overrated because some families really don't want their partner to have to change or the kids to have to change. Yeah. Some families don't have the option to throw everything away. So I think it, you want to be able to have those foods in your house and to be able to not reach for them all the time. Mm -hmm. So, and I think one of the keys to do that is what I was talking about earlier is to actually allow yourself to have these foods and by by doing that, you want to make sure you're fueling yourself properly throughout the day. So you're getting your protein, you're hitting your calorie targets. And by doing that, you're going to be satiated and you're not going to crave those snacks as much. And by mentally allowing yourself to have it and just say, oh, I'm, I'm actually just going to have a bite, but I'm actually full. You're eventually going to reach a point where those foods don't have a have a hold over you where you are actually in control of those foods. And I think that that is the ultimate goal. Yeah. So it sounds like it really depends on where you're at in your Mm -hmm. journey. If that is going to cause such an extreme amount of stress, then maybe consider tossing some of the, Mm -hmm. the unhealthy snacks. But if you feel like that's the next step in your journey to, to, to say that these things are acceptable and I have the restraint within that's that's also going to be seen as success, and every journey is going to be different. For yeah, there's no right or wrong answer. I yeah. think either either option is good, depending on where you're at. Yeah. All right. The last one is meal prep or planning out your meals the week before. Oh, this is so underrated. Yeah. I mean, if you want to reach your health goals, chances are you have to do some sort of meal prep, especially if this is new to you and you're learning how everything works and how to change your lifestyle. Meal prepping is one of the best habits that you can make. Yeah, I'm I I'm back and forth with this one in terms of and maybe it's just because I don't do the make the dinners in the house, <laughs> but I feel like it's overrated in that I'm not going to spend my Sundays creating five, six, ten meals for my lunches and dinners and things like that. I just think it's unrealistic. And mainly I just don't like heating up leftovers. And that's the main thing. Um, But I do meal prep for my quick after workout meal. So I have my overnight oats. It takes a minute to make one overnight oat Um meal and it's a quick 40 50 uh grams of protein it helps me with my carbon take and it's delicious every oh my single gosh, time it's so good. <laughs> and that's the only meal prep i do the way i'm able to hit my macro targets is i buy the same groceries every week mm-hmm. so i have a handful of veggies that i'm going to put in for my lunch i have my meats i have my my sweet potatoes those type of things And I have a very similar routine every single week, which means I don't need a meal prep because all my meals are 10 minute meals Mm -hmm. um, because I want to be able to put stuff together really quick. But to me, that is meal prepping. That's just meal prepping for you as an individual. Someone else's meal prepping might look like a Sunday afternoon. And if someone has kids, they may need to carve out that time because they don't have it during the week because they're rushing around for errands in school. So I think it's very individual. Yeah, and you just need to figure out what is the, what's going to equate to success for you and how does that fit into your normal week? Not your ideal week, but your normal week. All right, that is our underrated and overrated for nutrition. That's it. Any closing thoughts? No, that was fun. 
If you know you're ready to lose weight and build muscle while simultaneously improving your relationship with food, but would love some additional support, we're here to help you. We know that dieting too strictly for too long can slow your metabolism and we can help you restore it with our proven PHF method. We've helped hundreds of others reach their physique and health goals without having to give up the foods they love or constantly being on a diet. And we'd love to help you too. Fill out the obligation-free application in the show notes or at prettyhealthycoaching.com.